Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Yep. Hey, John, I'm, I'm glad that everything went well, you know? On the pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, yes. Yeah, so, it was, I, man. I'm, it was awesome, and I can't wait to talk about that. I mean, honestly, it's been a long week with trying to get over mm-hmm. jet lag, and then we had stuff. I had to get Angela a van because, you know, we had she had an accident before we left, and just right. trying to catch up from being gone for 13 days, so... Haven't really fully processed. I mean, every day and every moment, praying the rosary and things. I'm getting these these memories of of the past, you know, two weeks here in mm-hmm. the Holy Land with all the amazing people we were with, and um, so I'm processing that. I'm writing things down, and then we're probably the next show. We're going to jump into what it was like to go on that pilgrimage right. and in the Holy Land and everything else, but still trying to, you know, through the catching up and all that and the cobwebs from jet lag. So, so what, I, what I'm hearing is that for when we talk about that, yeah. I'll be listening because I, I still want to hear all the stories. So sure. mostly it'll, oh, be, it's, it'll probably be John mostly saying everything and me just listening. Because yeah, or I'm, asking you know, questions, man. It, it's, it was phenomenal. It was really the trip of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people are not in a position where they can afford going on these things, but if you can, you should definitely go because it, it's – it's life changing. You hear that, and they say that. And when I signed up to lead one, they're like, "Oh, it's going to change everybody's life." And you know, you hear stuff like that all the time. But it is amazing. Like even this week, I mean, I prayed the rosary every morning, and I'm not always a daily rosary prayer. In fact, sometimes I don't pray it all that often. I mean, I hate to admit that, but um, it's the truth. I'm not going to lie about it. But I've prayed every morning this week the rosary because now I, I've been to where all those mysteries mm-hmm. took place, and so you you have those. Images in your mind. Right. So we could talk about that all day, but I do want to say thank you to all the people that went with us. Thank you to Father Larry Richards because it was awesome being with him. I mean, he and I are so close and just getting to spend those days with him and watching him really get to know Angela and and just the back and forth. We kind of offset each other. You know, mm-hmm. he, he can be sort of gruff and hollering at folks and yelling and all that stuff. And then I would come in there and make people laugh or, or make fun of him or something and we'd pick at each other. Right. And, um, and, and I even put some of my beers on his room one night. And so <laughs> we'll share that story yeah. during the pilgrimage too, but uh, when we do the episode on the pilgrimage, but it was a, a lot of great fun. And we met a lot of people. There were a lot of people there for us, but there was also a lot for father. And so it was a great opportunity. A lot of people said they never even heard of us before. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, a lot of those people are becoming donors there. Um, they have, you know, listened to some of the talks we gave or the reflections at some of the holy sites and, so now they've even either become donors or they're inviting us to their parish. And so it's just, it was an amazing thing. Can't wait to get into it more. But again, you know, this is uh, coming out the Sunday, uh, the right. Tuesday after Pentecost. So I want to, I want to speak to that because the Holy Spirit is so important in our spiritual life. But before we jump into the show, I do want to thank all the people that have become donors lately. We've been asking at the beginning of every show for monthly support. You know, people are always sending emails. John, I was affected by this. John, this helped me stop pouring. John, this this helped save my marriage. You know, the podcast has really you know blessed me into being a, a better man, and and so I, I'm so enthusiastic about that, so grateful for that, and so glad that the Lord is using this to help people. And so many of those people, Victor, ask us all the time, like, well, how do we? How can we help you? How do we give back? And the answer is become a monthly supporter. Uh, you know, we are a 501c3, so this isn't just like you're giving to Patreon and you don't know where it's going. Every bit of the money is going back into the ministry. 
right? It's not going in my pocket. It's going to to fund everything we do. Uh, our goal is to get better every week and every day at what we're doing. And so we're spending some of that money on developing better processes so that when we go to parishes, we know that it's 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 that it's helpful in every possible way that it can be, and that we're we're helping prepare that parish. You know, we've just uh, transitioned out of uh, an employee to multiple employees that are helping us do different things. We've got one that's handling all of our booking and following up with that and working with our parishes. And then we have another now that is strictly doing all the social media and, and marketing and all of that stuff. So, you know, that stuff costs money and that money is um, not always there. So your monthly donations are what keeps us going. And you know, I always ask for monthly support. I mean, look, we love to get a one-time donation. Never going to turn that down. But when we have that monthly support, it allows us to know what we have coming in. Just like any other business, the ministry is a business at the end of the day. And, you know, there you have to know what revenue you have to coming, coming in that offsets your expenses. But also, you know, capital you have where you can grow and move forward. And that's certainly what we want to do. We're booked up all through 2023. And that's a blessing. So we need to hire more people to help us with the demand. So that's where a lot of this money's going. And for other things that we need here in the studio to continue to grow the podcast and make it as good as it can be for everybody. So there's a lot of uh, different things that money goes to, but we need that monthly support. People are giving five bucks, 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is, whatever you think you can afford. If you have been touched by this show or by one of the men's conferences we've spoken at and one of the missions we've done, one of the pilgrimages that we've gone on, the only one so far, but if you've been moved by any of that stuff, please consider becoming a monthly donor so that we can go out and continue to help men become the men that God calls them to be. Society needs men more than ever now to live as the men that they're called to be. So the only way that happens is when we continue, and as our ministry and other ministries are doing, to pour into that aspect of the population to try to get men to be those husbands and fathers they're called to be not only for themselves, for their families, but for the world and for the church. So if you want to give, you can go to www.donorbox.org slash pew. That's www.donorbox.org slash pew. Or you can go directly to our website just to get on the pew, and there's a support button in the upper right corner. That's probably the easier way than putting in the link. So just go there if you'd like, click that, and then you know whatever you can give out of your generosity, we'd be glad to have it because we know, and I want you to know, we're going to use it. Uh, to grow this ministry and to help people find our Lord. So thank you for all those that have donated. A lot of people uh, donated. A lot of people did that on the trip. I, I had emails coming in while we were on the pilgrimage. Also, some of the pilgrims that met us started donating. So thank you for that and those of you that have. But if you haven't, consider giving today because we'll use it and it'll help a lot of people. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, Victor, is the men's ministry stuff that we're doing. We're booked up, as I said, through 2023. I think there's one week left in November where we could do something. We're starting to book into 2024. So if you want us to come to your parish, then go ahead and reach out to us. You can do that by going to justagownthepew.com, going to our Vincent Book Me page. There's a submission form there. Fill out the, the short information it requires, and then our booking uh, person, Betsy, will get back with you, and she'll start scheduling everything, and we'll walk you through the process, all of that, to get you going in your parish. Uh, I've never been more convicted, Victor, uh, after that pilgrimage, that this is what the Lord wants us to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pilgrims sat with me, and they they were lamenting over struggling with their friends You know that were, were having difficulties or not having a place to go, like what we talk about on the show. 
And we want to go and build that, a place for men to be authentic, where they can leave, take the mask off and leave them at the door, where they can really come into a real relationship with Jesus and others. We all need that in our life. Every parish needs that, and we're willing to go to whatever parish will have us to help establish that. So if you're interested in that, if you're a guy out here that's listening and you want a place like that, then go to justaguyinthepew.com, go to the Book Me page, fill out the form, and we will get back with you. So again, folks, thank you for that. I know we take a few minutes at the beginning of every show, but... We want to talk to people about those things because it is important to keep all of this going and growing. So thank you for your support, and thank you for those of you that will invite us to your parish. Victor, Pentecost. Yes. One of my favorite Sundays in the church, man. I love I to put on my red shirt, and I probably should have worn one today, but <laughs> but I love to put on that red shirt and just go to Mass and, and listen to the readings and just reacquaint ourselves mm-hmm. every year, myself every year, with... Pentecost and just what it is. I mean, the birthday of the church. It is the birth of the church. We know what Pentecost was right then and there. You know, Jesus promised it when he appeared to the disciples. He breathed on them, said, receive the Holy Spirit. But then also when they're in the upper room, there's a great wind and all this happens. And next thing you know, there's tongues of fire on their heads. And what happens? Peter busts out the door with everybody else and they go and they give a sermon to 3,000 that converts Mm -hmm. like 5,000 or 3,000 people. I think it's 3,000 right after that first day. So they had gone from being these scared, hiding in a room, confused, not knowing what's going on. The Spirit came upon them, and they boldly and courageously went out and started changing the world. And, brother, do we need that kind of stuff in our world right. now? Well, I mean, that's the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is something, I think, for a lot of us who may not really know what the Holy Spirit is entitled in the sense of the gifts. Right? Yeah. I mean, we read about it. We know the Father, right? You know, Father created us. Out of love, he created us. Yeah. Uh, loved us, cherishes us, and and we are here. So we're here to serve him. And then Christ came down to what sanctify us, you know, through his death. We are now reattached back to the Father's promises after original sin. And then the Holy Spirit, a, a trifecta of grace, of gift, sure. he says, all right, now I'm sending someone just as powerful, you know, powerful as me. I think he said more than powerful. I, I, I don't yeah. remember. Again, I don't want to say that, but it's like he says, I, I have to leave in order for this person to come, the, the Holy advocate, Spirit, yeah. the advocate to come, because this is what's going to really set you guys on the path to like living out all the things I've taught you. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what unique, the unique gift that Holy Spirit gives to all of us is the heart of charity, the heart of mercy, you know, to, to not think about me or I all the time. You sure. remove your, the first person thought of ourselves and we look towards others. You know, we look also to like how can we better our lives in the act of charity in faith. Yeah, and I think you said something interesting there when you first started talking. You said you know a lot of people don't aren't familiar with the Holy Spirit. Like we hear it thrown around. Mm-hmm. We have prayers to the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, obviously it's mentioned. He's mentioned in Mass, all of that. But a lot of people don't have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we have to remember that even though it is a spirit, it is the third person of the Holy mm-hmm. Trinity, as you mentioned. And you know what is it? it? It's it's basically God the Father loved the Son so much that there became a third in that love. You know the Holy Spirit, and all of them were there from the beginning. You know we hear about the ruah, the breath over the water mm-hmm. in Genesis that that actually builds the creation, and that is the breath of God, right? And Jesus breathes, and that word again when Jesus breathes on the apostles is ruah, it's breath, and it's the breath of the Lord uh, of God the Father. But the Holy Spirit comes into existence because of the great love between mm-hmm. Father and Son. That's why 
married life and family uh, mimics the Holy Family, the Holy Trinity, because God loves the Father so much there becomes a third, and man loves a woman so much there mm-hmm. becomes a third and a fourth and a fifth and all that. So the Holy Spirit is really the the advocate, the one that Jesus sent, the comforter, some people, you know, it says in some versions right. that he sent after. And he said, but one that's coming after me is greater. And he says, and he will help you do all the things I've done and greater things than these. And I think a lot of us don't believe that what Jesus says, like we don't think that we can do the things that he said, but Jesus promised us that. And he gave us his very spirit that, that lives within us. And, you know, the Holy Spirit was given to us at our baptism. You know, you were sealed with water in the Holy Spirit. What does Jesus say to Nicodemus when he's when he's talking to him? He says, a man must be born again of water and the mm-hmm. Spirit. Well, your baptism, you're born of water, right? You're baptized in water. But at that same moment, just as it happened to Jesus on his baptism, the Holy Spirit descends, right, on us. And God is standing above us as men and women saying, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter with who I am well pleased. But for a lot of us, that's where, like, you know, we're babies. If you're a cradle Catholic, when you're, when you're baptized, you don't really have any real interaction with the Holy Spirit. You don't maybe understand it. You don't know what you got. But, you know, this whole ministry started, Victor, because of the Holy Spirit, right? Because of a conversation about the Holy Spirit. To go back to that, you, if you guys have heard my conversion story, you know that when I went to a men's conference and the one after I, you know, first year after I was out of jail, there was another parishioner of ours, Jay, you know, mm-hmm. one of our friends, Jay Lawler. And... Jay was running around the gym. We had a, a fundraiser that night, a basketball three-point shootout that Father Martell had put on, same day as the conference, and he was going nuts. And it turns out he'd been to confession for the first time in a long, you know, long time, like 20 or 15 years or something, mm-hmm. he said. And he was kind of running around, you know, sharing all of his sins. And some of that stuff was not things he should have been sharing in front of women and children, right? right. And so I went to stop him, you know, and Jay, Jay, calm down, man. Like, you, there's women and kids around. You can't be saying some of this stuff. And he was just like, man, I don't know why I feel this way. Woo, you know, I, I feel yeah. great. And, da, 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 da. and he, I said, man, well, you, I heard you say you went to confession for the first time in you know, 14 years or whatever it was. I said, you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He's like, what's that? I know mm-hmm. God and I know Jesus, but I don't know what the Holy Spirit is. And he's a cradle Catholic. And it just, it made me realize that so many people don't have that relationship. Right. And so he kept asking me about it. And in the moment, in that moment, I felt the devil hit me in the back of the head. And who do you think you are? You're going to talk to him about the Holy right. Spirit. You know, you've, you, you're a drug addict or this, you're that. <clears throat> you're never going to be any better than that. And fortunately, Jake, or, uh, Jay was a great salesperson, right? Like he didn't take no for an answer. So he asked me to, to go and explain it to him. And, you know, four days later, I think we went to a pizza place and I had had time to sit down and, you know, a couple hours, the Holy Spirit showed up and, and I had eight pages written down about the Holy Spirit. And here we are today, mm-hmm. right? It was a conversation about the Spirit. But I think so many people are just confused about what the Holy Spirit is. Why does it matter to me? So we're going to talk about all that today. And I think we should start there. Like, what is the Holy Spirit? And, you know, Pope Francis has a great quote about this that I found. He says, the Holy Spirit is the soul of the church. He gives life. He brings forth different charisms, which enrich the people of God. And above all, he creates unity among believers. From the many, he makes one body, the body of Christ. The church's whole life and mission depend on the Holy Spirit. He fulfills all things. It's a pretty good definition, right? right? It's saying that he is the soul of the church. And the crazy thing about that is that St. Peter Damien echoes that, right? I mean, he says this years before, obviously, Pope Francis was around, but he says, as the soul is the life of the body, so is the Holy Spirit, the life of our souls. 
another powerful quote. But what we need to realize is we're called to first and foremost serve the Lord. We're called out, to, called to bring other people to Him. Jesus says that right at the ascension. He says, "I must go, and I'm going to send another, so that you can do the things that I've asked you to do." Right? To go and baptize uh, others in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. To go out into all the world. Mm-hmm. That's not just a call for Peter and the the apostles that were there or the women that were there with Jesus. It's for all of us today, now. And the way that we do that is by allowing the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives and to. To one to pray to it to, to the Holy Spirit to to show us our gifts and our charisms right that's what the word charism charism means mm-hmm. is these gifts that we have these um, proclivities to be good at a certain thing right mm-hmm. they are nat- that's natural for us the Holy Spirit wants to awaken those things and then show us those gifts and allow us to use them to bring people to Jesus well I mean you're talking about the spiritual life right I mean like how if we think back if we all think back at the part where we live just for ourselves how how dark those were really. You yeah. know, we thought we were probably enjoying ourselves, but really it was just like you said, you, you say again, the masks that we wore, we took, we had many masks in our back pocket. We used the mask of the good son, the good daughter for our parents. Right. And then we had another mask for our friends to go out and do what we want yeah. to. And then when we went to church, we had a mask of being what? Um, pretending to be a saint. Right. And, and when the Holy spirit comes and, and wakes you up, one, you realize how, how self, um, detrimental you were in your life before you were making that promise to God, right? Yeah. I mean, even though you were baptized, even though you were confirmed, like you said, there they, there, there can be a moment to where we walk away, you know, because the, the proclivity to, to be selfish is so high yeah. know, for a lot of us. Um, and, and when we act in the selfish routine of our lives, we, we negate the spiritual gifts that were, that were promised to us. And I think you know, what the Pentecost does is it reawakens the promise of God's love. You know, I have done this for you because I love you, not because I want you to do things for me. I love you. And that's just when the Holy Spirit comes, you'd have the desire to do that out of love, to receive yeah. that back to him. So I love you so much. I'll do what you want me to do. Not my will, but your will as Christ. No, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And ever since we've been kicked out of the garden, we are struggling with sin, right? We're sinful mm-hmm. people. And so God has given us this strength, his own very spirit, to help us make the right decisions, to help us fight that spiritual battle, to choose virtue over vice, and to live the way that we're called to. And we cannot do that on our own. It's right. the Holy Spirit that allows us to make the right choices in our life, that makes us, you know, allows us to make the right decisions. And, you know, this is what, I got another quote here, you know, it's from the Dogmatic Constitution of the Church and the Second Vatican Council. And it talks about this, like, why is the Holy Spirit important? You know, this is the question I think so many people want to know, but they're embarrassed to ask because, well, I've been Catholic my whole life and I should know that. So I don't want to ask anybody Mm because I'll look stupid. There is no stupid question. How many times you heard that in your life? It'd be better to ask that question and to figure it out than to sit there and just not know how to activate the Holy Spirit in your life and just let it lay dormant and not be living the life you're called to live. So there's no stupid question. So the question of why is the Holy Spirit important? This is why. It says in the second in the dogmatic constitution of the church on the Second Vatican Council, when the Son completed the work with which the Father had entrusted him on earth, the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost to sanctify the church unceasingly and thus enable believers to have access to the Father through Christ in one spirit. He is the spirit of life, the foundation of water welling up to give eternal life. Through him the Father gives life to men, dead because of sin, until he raises up their mortal bodies in Christ. So what is that saying there? 
when Jesus had completed his work, he knew that we would need another. You know, the disciples, where are you going? We don't want you to go right after he was resurrected. Right. And he said, I have to go because it's better that I go because there's going to be another that is going to give you what you need. Right. And this is why Jesus says things like, do not worry about what you're to say when people question you about your faith. Because if you're, if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, my, my, my power, my spirit is going to give you that answer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it talks about Pentecost is here to sanctify the church. As you said earlier in the show, is it's here to sanctify us. It's to give us that that power and that opportunity and that courageousness and that boldness we would not have on our own to say no to sin and to choose the better path, to choose the way of our Lord. It also gives us access to the Father, right? When we pray, it's the Holy Spirit that prays within us, right? If we're surrendering to the Holy Spirit, that is what's lifting our prayer to the Lord. That is what is giving us the words to say and the insight into our lives of what to pray about, right? It's this knowledge. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, my conscience helps me make the right decisions. Well, your conscience is 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 fueled by the Holy Spirit if you're living in right order, right? right? That's what tells you this is wrong. This isn't right. This is an injustice to people. This isn't a way I should behave. And so this is part of what the Holy Spirit does for us. Um and then as it says, it's the foundation of water welling up to give eternal life. It's it's through this, and I, I think this last line is important when it says, through him the Father gives life to men dead because of sin until he raises up their moral body. This is this living water that Christ speaks about that feeds and nourishes our soul. It's that Holy Spirit that is is empowered even more every single time we go to Mass and we receive our Lord in the Eucharist, right? So it, it's just so powerful. And then there's another quote that backs this up from the catechism. This is Catechism 734. It says, Because we are dead, or at least wounded through sin, the first effect of the gift of love is the forgiveness of our sins. The communion of the Holy Spirit in the church restores to the baptized the divine likeness lost through sin. This is what we talked about in the beginning. We lost that divine likeness, right? We were divinized in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then we lost that when we were when we were kicked out of the garden. And God did that for our protection, right? There wasn't just the tree of good and evil. There was the tree of eternal life. And as our God told us on our on our uh, trip in the Holy Land, he said it was a great favor of the Lord to remove us from the garden because we had fallen to sin. And if they had already bitten one apple, they built that bit that life of eternal apple of eternal life, then you spend an eternal life in sin. Mm -hmm. But because of Jesus' death on the cross and this gift of the Holy Spirit, even though we are fallen and in a fallen world to sin, we now have the power of the Lord within us to be able to say no to those things and to grow in our own holiness and to help other people grow in theirs. Uh, well, again, I mean, that's that's I never heard of that before, and I think that's profound. Like yeah. I said, uh, because we because of the original sin, we we had to leave the garden, obviously. Yeah. Because we couldn't live in, I guess, say, total grace, knowing what we done, you know, yeah. and still feel with a guilty heart, I guess you could say. Well, it was severed. It was sin right. and death came in the world. Right. That relationship with God was severed. Right. It was severed. So, um, so therefore we, we, that was our, our just punishment. And therefore it allowed us to kind of work through ourselves. It's not, you know, and let, let me start this that way. So we have children, right? We provide everything for them, right? If we can. So, so mostly kids don't really know what the word suffer means because everything that they need is provided for them. But once we get out, we age, and there's things that happen to us as a young adult, then we really, really know the gifts that our parents gave to us. Sure. You know, like, you know, like, wow, I am so grateful for what you've got given to me because you have set me on the path to where uh, I am more secure in myself. Yeah. Now, now for those that have constant suffering in their lives to where, um, where 
where there's self-doubt, where there's pain, where there's trauma and all that stuff, you know, those are things that healing needs to come. And healing needs it comes by like forgiving forgiveness, sure. But also seeking something more than you can provide, as you said before. You know, I know there's things in my life I can't change. I have to have help from higher higher power, which is God. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we have to realize that God wants our the part of the plan of salvation is for us to be His hands and feet. Mm-hmm. Right when He left, when He ascended into heaven or rode the cloud elevator to heaven, heaven. I say a lot in talks. Jesus said like i'm sending you another because we're called to to serve him like mm-hmm. we're not called to just sit here and and live and you know l- you know be born one day and die you know however many years later we're just going through a mundane life a mediocre life mm-hmm. we're as we talked about in the last episode we're called to actually be uh ingrained in and part of the process of salvation not only for ourselves and those that we love but other people our friends our enemies everyone right and so jesus is depending on us but what powers all that is the holy spirit and, and, you know, this is this is why it's so important to the church and to us. And we've heard what the church says about it, but let's look at what Jesus says about it, right? I've got a number of verses here when he says in John 3, 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, right? So many of us have been born of water and the Spirit, and we acknowledge our baptism, but we, we're not really grasping the fact that we've been given this great gift of the Holy Spirit too. And we're not stirring it into flame as St. Paul talks about. It's just sitting in our in our bellies, if you will, mm-hmm. is this like just rock in the pit of our stomach that's not moving and doing uh, the things that we're supposed right. to do, right? It's just like a it, it, it's just like if you had a cure for cancer and you put it on the shelf and never used it. Right? We have this great gift that allows so many people to find healing, forgiveness, um, to find salvation. And so many of us, we all have that gift within us, right? But we don't all use it because we think, well, what could I do? And what, what could I possibly have to do? I, I, look, Victor, I mean, the reason we're sitting here today is because the Holy Spirit is a part mm-hmm. of our lives. We cannot be, I mean, who would have thought when we started doing the show, we'd be sitting here 202 episodes later and listen to in countries around the world. Who would have thought I'd been in Israel leading 70 people on right. a pilgrimage? That's all the Holy Spirit. It's you and I giving a yes surrendering to the Holy Spirit and then trusting that God is who he says he is. And is he, if he says, I've placed my own spirit and power within you, then you believe him and you trust when it's hard, when it's scary, when you're afraid, right? I mean, that's, I did, when we went to the Holy Land, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I felt so inept. But within a day or two, the Holy Spirit just moved me into the groove. And next thing you know, I was speaking at all these different sites and, and speaking about things I didn't even know I was going to talk about that day because I trusted in it. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says, like, you have to be born with spirit and water. So so many of us have to realize you've been given the gift of both and that you have to start taking that seriously. And we'll talk at the end of the show here in a few minutes about how to do that. But he also says, if the, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's a key right there. Yeah. You want the Holy Spirit? Ask him. You want to activate that? Lord, activate the Holy Spirit in your life. in my life. I know that you've given me your very power and spirit within me. Show me how to activate it, Lord. Allow it to be a part of my life. He says again, and that was Luke 11, 13. He says, and I will pray to the Father that he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he dwells within you and will be in you. So Jesus is telling you right now, he's in you. 
I've given you that. If you've been baptized, it's within you. You have full right to use that power. But again, God isn't going to force us. Jesus isn't going to force us. He gives us a gift, but he's not going to make you open it. It's up to us to realize this is a real gift. This is a true thing. And this is what can make me so much more efficient and so more impactful in my life as a disciple of Jesus Christ in not only growing my own holiness and the holiness of my family and those that I love, but other people that he puts in front of me. That was John 14, 15 through 17. He says in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I told you. I don't know about other people that are listening or you, Victor, but there's been plenty of times where all of a sudden a Bible verse comes to my head in a moment when I need it to share with somebody. And I haven't read that verse in forever. Where did that come from? So what Jesus is talking about right here, right? I will, uh, he will remind you of everything that I told you. Um, you know, all the truth that, that I've shared with you, you're going to remember. That's what happened with those apostles. How do they go from one minute at Pentecost sitting in a room scared and then all of a sudden they're out there and, they're, and Peter gives the greatest sermon ever? And converts 3,000 people immediately Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden he was reminded of all the things that Jesus had told him, everything he had taught him. And he had the courage now because that spirit was real to him as it's real to us or it should be. Last thing or last two verses here. When the advocate comes, who I'll send you from the, I already said that one. Nope, nope, no, I didn't. When the advocate comes, who I, I shall send to you from the father. The spirit of truth, he who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. Again, Jesus is saying, like, you want to go out and evangelize? You want to tell people about me? I've given you the power within you that's going to bear witness to me. You don't have to have post-it notes all up and down your arm with everything that right. Jesus ever did. The Spirit's going to give you that, but you have to believe that. That's John 15, 26. And then here's one of the most important ones. This is in Acts 1, 8. Most people don't even realize that Jesus has any words in Acts. They think it's over in the Gospels, right? Mm-hmm. He's dead. But no, and he's resurrected and gone to heaven. But in Acts 1.8, he says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So many people feel so inept. They feel like we can't, I don't know how to bring people to Jesus, so I don't do it. I just give up. Jesus is telling you right now, there is a power within you. And you just have to believe that and then surrender to it and believe that, that, that you can do the things that I've done and more, like he tells the apostles. So many of us don't believe that, but here, Jesus isn't a liar. Mm-hmm. We don't get to believe like, you love your neighbors. We don't get to believe like, love your enemies. We don't get to believe that this is the bread of life without right. believing every single thing that he says. And so this is a great truth that he's telling you, you have power within you. Stop feeling so helpless. Stop feeling like you're inadequate. Stop feeling like you can't go out and live the way that Jesus has called you to because he's telling you through all of these verses, I have given you this gift that's basically your superpower to go out and do things that you could not do on your own. Well, I mean, what you said, if you could say Acts 1-8 again. So. It says, you will receive power when the Holy right. Spirit comes upon you. You had that at your baptism. So so that's the thing is I think a lot of us don't understand what that word power means. Yeah. You know, I think for, for both of us being converts, you know, I felt the power for me when I first walked into a Catholic sanctuary. Because it was like, the, just the, the mood was different. Yeah. It was like, it was like a holy kind of like quietness, reverence. Like everything was just kind of like the candles lit, the, the monstrous on being on, on display. The first time I ever went to an adoration. Sure. I was like, what is this production? You know, yeah. what is this? I, <laughs> What's this going is on? totally yeah. foreign for me. And my first adoration, I remember this was St. Anne's in, in Gulf Breeze, you know, Florida. My buddy took me to it and I was just in awe of like 
that's what I want to be like. That's that's how I want to love Jesus. That's how I want to be like, you know, like yeah. to live for him like this, because not to say anything, you know, my, my foundation of faith in Presbyterian Church was profound. It gave me a lot of stuff. But worship is was different, you know. It was yeah. it was kind of like it was just a different level of of, of for me of, of comfort. It was comfortable for me. And intimacy, intimacy, of, yeah. yeah. With Christ, but 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 that aspect of like going, this is His body. He left this for us. Yeah. This is His gift for us is to come to Him every day to receive Him, in, in the form of the Eucharist and, and the, the blood, you know. And, and I think the Holy Spirit is the one who goes. Hey, you know, taps us on the head or, or flicks, flicks our ears, says, get attention. This is something that, this is for you. Yeah. This is for you to kind of live your life that has been the promise of since your birth. And I think that's, that's the power is to wake us up to realize that, yeah, we got one shot, you know, and, and let's do the best we can. You know, let's stop living for ourselves, but live for what Christ and God created us for. Yeah. You know? And it's, I mean, imagine going into battle and having a weapon strapped to your side and never pulling it. Right. Right, never pulling out a sword, never pulling out a gun, like when you needed to protect, you know, when you needed to fight, and that's what most of us are doing. Mm-hmm. We're we're in a battle every day, and we don't realize it, and we're not using the weapon that we have, which is God's very spirit itself. You know, so a lot of people would say, okay, well, John, you know, you've you've talked about you know Pentecost, you talked about what the Holy Spirit is, you've talked about you know why it why it's important, what Jesus thinks about it, but what does it have to do with me? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that is everything, right? Everything, like because your confirmation was supposed to be your Pentecost. But Victor, you know, so many things in the church become just a rite of passage or a ritual for for people to take a cute picture, right? My kid's in eighth grade, snap. And then what does most kids today do? Well, I don't have to be Catholic anymore. I did my last Catholic thing. That is the exact opposite of what confirmation is supposed to be. Confirmation is the reenactment of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. The bishop is there at confirmation laying his hands on our children and breathing on them and saying, receive the Holy Spirit. God is saying, I love you so much. I gave you a gift when you were too young to receive it, right? You received it, but you didn't have a say. You were in diapers or you were a very young age, unless you were a convert like me and mm-hmm. you know you chose the Lord at eight or nine years old or whenever it happened in your life. You realize what you're doing. But for most Catholics, you're baptized soon after your birth. So at your confirmation, the Lord is sending the bishop right. and he's basically using the bishop to say, do you want this? Do you love me? Do you want to serve me? Do you want to give me your life? And if you do, then he lays his hands on you. What does that sound like? Jesus at Pentecost, mm-hmm. laying his hands on them, breathing on them, receive the Holy Spirit. The same words, and that is supposed to activate that within us. right? But for so many of us, it's just become something else we do. Something Catholic, we check the box. We don't take it seriously, and we don't realize the tremendous mercy and grace that is poured out in that moment, first at our baptism and then doubled down in confirmation. And we don't realize the great gift and power and the great call that the Lord has put on our life in that moment to go out and to live. It's like, it really is like a superpower. How many mm-hmm. of us sit around and we watch these movies and we're like, man, I wish I could fly. Man, I wish I could I could, um, I could, you know, punch through a wall. I wish I could jump over a building. I wish I had heat vision or whatever, or I could web sling or whatever it is. But like you can, you can give people eternal life, right? Like you have that power within you to go and to bring someone into a relationship. And many people I've seen do it, don't know the first thing, don't have the first piece of scripture memorized, but they believe in the Lord and they believe that he's given them the gift that he says he's done and they could share in a way the power of their relationship with the Lord and bring someone to eternal life. Mm-hmm. Like you can help someone live forever. That is amazing. That is amazing. It's better right. than any other superpower out there. 
But so many of us don't really realize that. And Father Larry says it best. We talked about it on the pilgrimage. He says many of us are like the Holy Spirit and us are like, we tried to make a glass of chocolate milk and we dumped the, spirit, the syrup in and we never stirred it up. So you have like a, a, a little slightly tainted white milk mm-hmm. with a glob of, of stuff in the bottom that's just sitting there. But what does St. Paul say? He says we have to stir up into flame that which lies within us. That's what he tells Timothy. And that's the same thing that we have to do. We have this great power within us to stir us to stir up so that we're allowed to become the people that we're called to be. And we're greater than that. We're allowed to bring the people to Jesus that are supposed to be brought to him. And so it has everything to do with you. It's time in our lives that we take this seriously, that we didn't just say yes to something just to take a cute picture with the bishop. We said yes to serving and following God Almighty, and that we said yes to the gift that he's given us. We have had hands laid on us. We've been breathed upon, and we have this great power that lies within us to bring other people to Jesus. So let's talk about that. How do we do it? How do we? We've had our personal Pentecost. We're talking about Pentecost from this past Sunday here. Well, look, it's a perfect time now, two days after Pentecost Sunday, to start believing in this, that I have a great power that lies within me. Whether it's a comfortable for you, whether it's uncomfortable, whether you're having trouble believing it, look, there's a point in our life where we have to trust. So let's talk about how to do that. First, how do we stir it in a flame? And this is what St. Paul says in 2 Timothy uh, 1.6, I remind you to stir in the flame the gift of God that you have through the impositions of my hands, Right? The bishop laid his hands on you. He breathed on you. Mm -hmm. You've had the same thing that Paul, who was sitting here, did the same thing to Timothy. And he's saying, I remind you about this. So it's time to remember. It's time to remember you have this gift. You just went to Sunday Mass about this Sunday. So next thing to do, pray to the Holy Spirit. Start treating the Holy Spirit like a person, right? Not like just some air that's floating around, but a person, the third person of the Trinity. Come into my life. I know that you're here within me, but I'm giving you full permission like talk to him, pray to him and ask him to, to act, to be activated in your life. Look, I, I want you to take over my life. I want you to be present. I want you to help me make the right decisions in my life. I want you to help me be a better person Two, give him permission to work in your life. Don't just ask for him to come into your life and be present. Surrender, give you, give, I give you permission to do whatever you want in my life. If there's someone that walks up on me tomorrow in the grocery store and you feel the need to talk to them about Jesus, I give you full permission to do that in my, in, with every one of my faculties, right? I surrender myself to you. Talk to him, consult him, right? Start talking to him. I'm, I'm having mm-hmm. tough decisions in my life. Holy Spirit, please, in this moment, come into my life. Help me understand the right decisions to make. Guide my thought processes. Help me understand what it is I need to do in this moment. Talk to him just like you do God the Father or you do Jesus. You know, for a lot of people, we go to Jesus because it's easy. We we see the person of Jesus all in the Gospels. God the Father is a little bit more difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people don't feel worthy and you feel like he's just, just you know, something far off somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the third one that's really the most hardest is the Holy Spirit because it's like, well, I'm talking to a ghost. I'm talking to a spirit. Don't look at it like that. Talk to it like a person, right? Talk to it like a person and consult him. Um, and then three, trust him or not three, six, trust him, trust him. Just understand like when I'm given this, this surrendering over, when I'm giving him this power over me in my life, I'm just going to trust him with it. It's hard, right? Every single time I go to get on stage, every time we turn on these cameras, when I feel inept, like today, I'm I'm under the weather, I'm tired. My sleep schedule's still off. Didn't really feel like this was the best time to be talking about the Holy Spirit, but you know what? It probably is because we prayed to surrender to him before we Mm -hmm. started and everything you've heard us say, yeah, I've got some notes, but most of this is, you didn't have these. Everything you've said has become from him. 
And what I've been trying to respond in this conversation has also come from him. Mm -hmm. There comes a point in our life where we just have to trust. It's a hard thing to do. It's not easy, but that's exactly what we have to do. Right. It's like setting off on a boat in a storm. Just trust. Yeah. You know, that's the, our life is a storm around us. Yeah. But we're, we are, we are secure with our, with our faith, secure as being a child of God and, and loved by Christ and, and guided by the Holy Spirit. And we just got to launch that boat into the storm. And just have full trust. Right. And, the, you know, it's great that you said that to end this with because the same power that calmed those storms when Jesus was asleep in that boat and they're all yeah. freaking out. And he woke up and he said, oh, you so of little faith. And he rebuked the winds and they stopped. Mm -hmm. That's the same power he's given you. Right. It's the same power he's given you to do greater things than he's done and more. That's what he said. You can't just believe part of what Jesus says. We're called to believe every bit of who he is and right. what he tells us. So it's time if you haven't done that to start praying to that start believing that so as we close out here you know victor normally we have written prayers about you know things that have been on my heart when we you know made episodes but today we're going to pray the come holy spirit prayer here at the end um but i just want to invite people again if you haven't done this in your life like don't miss this opportunity pentecost comes around every year but you just passed it a couple days ago and it's an invitation again in our life to surrender more fully to the lord and believe the things that he's told us so if you haven't just say lord I invite you to, to have a new Pentecost in my life today, right? To come into my life today. You know, stop listening to this show for a minute. Pause it. Have your own personal prayer inviting the Holy Spirit into your life. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, then join us now as we end the show with this prayer. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who have taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, grant that in the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation. Through Christ our Lord, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.